0: Hi there, and welcome to episode fourteen of the A4 Europe podcast. In this episode, we'll be joined by Alban Shiba in our new series, One Kick Later. Alban grew up in France, however, discovered footy on a student exchange program to Australia. Upon his return to France, and what you'll soon find out in the next forty minutes, is how Alban became heavily involved in the sport and the growth of the A4 Europe community.
1: And I think that's probably the most interesting part of the journey of playing footy in Europe is you, you travel so much and you meet so many different people from everywhere and you ended up you ended up having a family all over Europe.
0: From playing locally with Bordeaux to representing France, from holding roles and being involved in the organization of an AFo Europe Euro Cup, as well as several ANZAC Cups, bunch as his wonderful journey with Australian football and how he continues to discover new ways he can grow the sport throughout Europe. Arban, firstly, welcome to the A4 Europe podcast. Thank you very much for joining
1: me. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it's becoming a bit of a theme on this series that I kick things off with a few questions uh, just to get a bit of background info about the guest. Um, so if you're ready, we'll jump straight into it. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, well, what were some of your favorite sports you played or watched growing up in France?
1: Well, growing up, I was playing like a lot of different sports, but I would say the main one would be at an individual level would have been skiing and the uh, but then I was also doing a lot of team, team sports and the main one would definitely rugby that I played for several years afterwards. So it's, those sports were probably the one I was following the most while growing up in France.
0: Very nice. Now, Australian footy, without going into too much detail just yet, when did, when did footy find its way into your life?
1: Well, it started when I moved to Australia for student exchange when I was 17. And uh, I wanted to play some rugby because I was like, uh, really, uh, I was a really good rugby player at the time in France. Yeah. Uh, and then I ended up in Mount Gambia. And I was like, can I play rugby? And people were like, what? Rugby, <laughs> you know, the Wallabies, all those kind of things. Nope. <laughs> okay, so what do you play? Uh, we play Australian football. What is that? And then uh, they <laughs> dragged me to the foodie club in North Gambia. And uh, I started to play a little bit. And uh, I did not understand a word of what the coach was saying. And he was just like, bring your footy boots on, on Sunday, and you're going to play against us with West Gambia. So funnily enough, I started to play footy against my own team. And uh, three quarter in the game, I started to fight with my own teammates. So that was like a very good experience to start with. Uh, don't worry, everything is fine. It was nothing serious. And we yeah. still played like, very well together afterwards. But it was like a very tough introduction, I would say.
0: <laughs> um- Well, along your footy journey, you've obviously played for a number of years now in France and Finland, and you've played at a number of different venues and locations. Um, Where's been your favourite to play?
1: Uh, The best place I've played, and probably the most intimidating as well, was playing in the Marseille Stadium. Uh, We played just before a rugby game, uh, just like a show, like just one quarter of footy. But it it felt so oppressing playing in a stadium that can host 80,000 people just felt like wow we're so small and uh, every kick that was like 30 meters would seem normal seemed like an incredible long distance at the time that was like very very impressive and even more intimidating than being on the mcg for the parade or like things like that just like the stadium was like so narrow and everything and just felt like wow
0: (laughs) um and to wrap up those questions uh we mentioned you've lived in both Finland and France. Um, so, what's your favorite thing about footy in Europe?
1: I think the diversity, diversity is definitely the best one. Uh, we meet so many people from just so many different backgrounds, and uh, every, every sports can do that. But I think footy has a as a even bigger spectrum because it's so small in Europe that you really drag all kind of profiles and all kind of people. And I've met probably some of my best friends through footy. And, uh, some people I'm probably going to keep in my life forever. Great. Uh, and I think that's probably the most interesting part of the journey of playing food in Europe is you, you travel so much and you meet so many different people from everywhere and you ended up, you ended up having a family all over Europe. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Okay. Well, that, that wraps
0: up the questions. Um, I'm keen to jump back into your, your first trip to Australia. You said it was a student exchange program. You, you talked about your experiences getting involved in footy. Um, how about when you got back? You know, you said you'd had a couple of trainings, you'd played a couple of games. Um, did you get into footy straight away? Did you tell your mates back a, back home that you're like, you know, there's this like crazy sport in Australia that I was playing? Like, let's play.
1: Yeah, it's it's more than that. Like, basically, so I I knew that my only way to integrate in Australia was through sports because I didn't speak English when I moved there. So I really needed to to do something to to. meet new people and to to share something with them Uh, so the first week I actually started to play footy the first week I was there and uh, I was there for a full year so I played two half seasons Uh, the first half season was probably a lot of learning and a lot of like uh, big mistakes but I think the second part of my students were like the second half season was quite interesting uh, and uh, I think that's where I discovered like what footy really was and how big it was and uh, how much I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I did tell all my mates in front, back in France like what I did and how I did it and how amazing it was, especially coming back to rugby after f- footy. I got bored on the pitch. I got really bored on the pitch. I shouldn't say that, but I got <laughs> really, really bored. And uh, I kind of quit footy, uh, rugby after one year back in France. Because uh, I did not find what I had in footy, like a lot of running, tackling, uh, seeing, uh, seeing the ball so many times during the game. And just uh, the movement on the pitch is incredible in footy. Mm. And uh, I don't think there, is, there are many sports that can bring you this. Uh, so, yeah, that was like definitely something. And uh, l- luckily enough, another guy did the same trip as me at the same time uh, in Australia. And I ended up creating a club like one year after he came back. So in Bordeaux in 2008, uh, Bordeaux was created. And I joined like maybe two or three months after he created the club in January 2009.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I suppose you've had most of your your footy journey or your footy career has been with Bordeaux, um, from playing locally with Bordeaux to internationally with France, um, to presidency and hosting events such as AFo Europe's 2013 Euro Cup in Bordeaux. Talk about some of your favorite moments um, playing with the club and just, I suppose, footy in France in general.
1: Well, I think the footy in France just grew up so quickly from 2008 to 2015, 16. I would say like that was the main growth that we had. Uh, after that, it's mainly women who made the sports grow, not, not that much like men anymore. Uh, but uh, the, it grew so quickly. So in 2008, it was really like country footy where people didn't know what they were doing with the ball and just like a lot of knocked outs. And uh, basically you think you can do anything with the ball, no structure, no, no rules, no tournaments. Uh, I think we got lucky enough to get uh, Thomas Urban on board. Uh, we, we was a French CNFA president for a long time. And uh, he did his thesis about like how to structure sports in a new, in a new area. So basically just apply everything he learned uh, to France, and he managed to get us like a, a multi-sports federation to endorse us, and all those kind of things. That was like really amazing, and uh, I got I got involved with him, and we we could tackle like questions like how to create a club, how to set it up, uh, how to structure it, and how to grow it. All those kind of questions that were like quite interesting. Uh, so I ended up doing my thesis on fully as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's what that was like some very good years i would say uh the growth part was very very interesting uh then uh, more on the pitch as your question was more on the pitch probably yeah uh, playing with bordeaux i think the first big moment we had was in 2011 or 2012 i don't know we had a big yeah. shift i don't know what happened but we got like all those amazing players from different backgrounds like from volleyball from rugby from soccer but all good athletes and we ended up beating Paris twice that year. Uh, Paris was just Australians and basically beating the Australians at their own sport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, an amazing feeling. And uh, we won the championship back to back. So that was like very, very, uh, probably like the two most intense year of footy of my life with like amazing teammates. we were all ready to die for each other on the beach and stuff like that. So, so it was quite interesting.
0: Yeah, well, if I look at those year by years, you know, there was that you touched back to back in like 2011, 2012. Then it was 2013 when you hosted the Euro Cup. 2014, you played with France um, in the International Cup in Melbourne. That is quite, it's quite, it must have been an extremely like fun period of years just sort of with footy in France and footy for yourself. I'm interested to know about the work you did for the Euro Cup in Bordeaux. Um, how do you go about preparing for a few days of footy with what, 15 to 20 countries and over 50, 60 games?
1: Basically, what we did is, uh, at the time, we were lucky enough that uh, you, you apply for the EuroCup two years before. So in, in, in uh, Belfast in 2011, uh, we we answered the bid like towards the 2013 EuroCup uh, in Bordeaux. And uh, we were lucky enough to have the municipality of saint medard to, to help us with that. So we came already with a very strong uh, bid. We already had the venue. We already had the... A venue to host the dinner we already had a venue to host like uh many uh, like uh, uh changing rooms like so many changing rooms and stuff like that so all this was already secured yeah. uh which was really good two years ahead so it gave us a lot of time to actually focus on all the extra stuff at the time uh the french president uh, the border president fred Zouard, was like um, uh, unemployed uh so him and me we ended up working hand in hand uh him being like the the break I needed to not go in all directions. And me being like the guy was like, we should do everything. <laughs> and uh, so we were a very good team, uh, but it was a hard work for like a full year. We created everything. So we did uh, uh, we had the, I don't think Aust- like just to put into phase like for Australian to understand, Yeah. Uh, we don't have any structure here for, for any footy games. So right. we actually went to the farm, like, uh, took some old long pipes. Uh, we had to paint them, cut them, to make, like, the four posts of footy at each end <laughs> of, the, of the ground, uh, paint the, the things, uh, create a scoreboard that could also, like, uh, go all behind and final score. And all those kind of things were just, like, everything needed to be created uh, alongside with, like, sponsors and uh, also, like, finding some catering, uh, finding, like, some bus for, like, transport from Bordeaux to the city. And all those kind of things were very interesting. But I think... The, the most exciting part was really like getting all the teams from Europe uh, to that venue for the day. Uh, I think everybody had a great time then. Then, and uh, I don't know, it's probably one of the best events I've organized in my life. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like seeing people happy, was probably like the best reward we got of the day. Just the smiles of all the players and all the officials. That that was amazing.
0: When you, when you got into footy and when you started playing with Bordeaux did you think it was going to provide you these sort of opportunities like you know host host an event to that such a large scale um, and then even represent France at a national level?
1: I think that's one of the best thing of this journey is uh, when I started to play footy in uh, when I was 17 in Australia. I never thought it would have such an impact in my life. Mm. Uh, looking back at it for the last 10 years I've been like dreaming footy waking up fully uh, eating foodie and sleeping <laughs> fully, like just like every part of my day was just focused on footy. at some point uh, even so I was working or studying uh, it has it has had an impact that's far beyond everything I would have expected uh, like you said like playing for France is not something I would have done ever in rugby uh, or skiing or like catalyism I would have probably made national level but that would have been it uh, like it's something that's an incredible feeling and also organizing a euro cup and all those kind of things wouldn't have been able we wouldn't have been able to do this in our 20s in any other sports
0: no no it's, it's pretty incredible um and back onto the the euro cup 2013 there were plenty of great things that came out of that i suppose um for, for footy in france one in particular was the growth of the women's game i believe bordeaux had their first women's team um come out of that event um which expanded to growing the game nationally and having a girls' team um, represent the country as well. So uh, what's, what's the impact of being like um, with the girls involved over the past six, seven years? And um, how, how have you enjoyed it?
1: I think it's, it's has changed a lot of things. And uh, like you say, in Bordeaux, like it changed probably everything at the time because uh, we went from being like just boys playing and maybe a girl at training every now and then uh, to actually have like 13 to 15 girls ready to play for the French team. So that was like, wow, we have to train those girls so they would know what to do on the pitch. So it brought us like back to, what do we need to to do for a team to grow? What do we need to do for them to learn and uh, for them to be passionate and stay after the Euro Cup? Um, in Paris, they already had like a few girls uh, in Bordeaux, so we managed to get all those girls on board, and it, it actually did a big change in the club uh, from then because I think girls were more committed to come to training every single time no matter if it rains if it's too hot if it's too cold like they are always there and they are always willing to do the best and 150 percent so that was like something very very good for the club they also got uh, implicated straight away into the structure of the club uh, willing to help willing to do things uh, willing also to organize like men's game like around the pitch so that was like a very big help and a very big uh, thing for the club but at the national level, like you ask, um, I think Paris having like so many girls and Bordeaux having so many girls, we finally felt that it was possible to create something where, for girls to play. I don't think we yet have a championship in France like with many clubs, but at least we have like a few events every year now where all girls can, can gather and play, so they, they still like mix teams a bit, depending on where they travel, uh, but now there is like some real foodie for girls and that's something very interesting. There's one thing in France that's different probably from the rest of Europe is girls and boys can't play together. Uh, it's not allowed by the endorsement federation, uh, otherwise the insurance doesn't cover any injuries. So that's something that's a bit different. And that's why we, we are probably struggling to create a, a food championship. Yeah. Uh, but I think the impacts that girls have had on the, on the footy in France has, has been benefit. Uh, Beranger took over like uh, when we left with Thomas, she took over like the presidency in uh, CNFA. Uh, so when you see girls playing, it brings the image like to more like, oh, it's actually a real sport. So
0: beyond Bordeaux um, and beyond uh, the CNFA, on, which is now AFL France, um, you've also played a significant part in AFL Europe's ANZAC Cup, um, in particular its first four to five years. Um, and We're actually approaching ANZAC Day now, and unfortunately, we've had to cancel the ANZAC Cup. This year, that was meant to be happening this weekend. We do wish all the best to everyone in France and Villers-Bretonneux, and hope everyone has been keeping safe. But... For those that might not know, the Anzac Cup holds a men's and women's match between the French national team and a select Australian spirit side. Um, it's played on or around Anzac Day in the small town of Villers-Bretonneux. It's a three to four day event where everyone involved attends the dawn service at the Australian National Memorial. Um, there's a street parade with all the players. There's Auskick sessions or footy clinics um, and much more, but it all ties into the weekly celebrations held in the town to commemorate the anniversary of the second battle of Vill- Villers-Bretonneux that took place during World War I. As I said before, it's, uh, it's been played since 2009 and it's now one of AFL Europe's largest events. So if you can tell me what it's been like to have been involved in that event for several years now. Um, and also if you can just touch on the significant recruitment role that you played in the early years of the event too.
1: That's funny because that's actually how I started to work with CNFA was through the Anzac Cup. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I came to Finland the first time like, to work for FAFOR in 2010, 2011. And uh, I ended up meeting like Simon McGregor, who was in charge of recruiting the Aussie team uh, to play the Aussie Spirit team, sorry. Uh, so that was like ba- basically one of the focus I had during my training here in Finland. I was to go through every club in Europe to try to find who had a connection with Anzac and who were the Australians who could play for the Aussie Spirit team during those events. Again, like it's been a lot of meeting different people all around Europe and also contacting all the Aussies in every possible corner of Europe was very, very interesting. What
0: were some of the, or the responses you were getting when you were sending out those messages?
1: Well, basically, all the, all the answers were positive, but there were like a lot of questions about like what is it, what are you trying to do, uh, how much is it going to cost, all those kind of questions, where we did not really have a clear answer to any of those questions. Right. Uh, the only que- the only thing we knew is like we we're gonna play in uh next to the, next to the memorial. Uh, you're gonna go to the dawn service. Uh, we're gonna play a game of footy between France and Australia, and we are gonna see like how it looks like. <laughs> and, um, we, we we played on fields that were filled up with rocks. Where before the game we had to walk in line to take away all the rocks. That was like some of the 18 side games we organized. Yeah. Uh, some other games we had like to, to find out like how to make the post in the morning. Like it's just been like very early stage, you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's been like very interesting and the city of Villa Brotsonne was amazing in every possible way. Providing us like with uh, facilities for the teams to sleep, like dorms in schools and stuff like that. Also like organizing dinner, looking after us like for, for during the whole weekend. So all those kind of things have been like very, very interesting. But it's, that's basically how I started to work with CNFA was through the Aussie Spirit team back, back all around Europe. I I think when you, when you start looking into this, you can really find a lot of people having connection, uh, a lot more people having connection with the Anzac that you would imagine in the beginning. And especially Australians living in Europe, you've got so many with like backgrounds linked to the First World War or Second World War. And uh, it's... It's been like very, very interesting to hear everybody's stories. And uh, we, we were sharing a lot of those at the time, like when we met, like everybody would share a bit of their story, why they would be linked to the Anzac and why is there, it's important for them to play. You feel very humble when you can see how much it represents for some people. Mm. Uh, my only connection with the First World War was my granddad uh, or my grandparents, but uh, I don't... I don't have anybody who died during that war. I don't have a strong link to it. But when you when you hear the people's stories and how much it affected their life, or how much like it affects their family life, it's quite incredible, and it, it really makes you feel that it's a small world. It's really a small world.
0: And unfortunately, uh, this week's one was cancelled, but hopefully, you know, it's back up and running next year onto a few of other the other events you've been involved in we've touched briefly on the international cup but also you've been in some events that IFA Europe have organized such as the island versus continent match i believe which was a few years ago now can can you remember much from that match i think that was that held in london
1: yeah it was it was held in london just before like uh, i think it was western bulldog against uh, Port Adelaide.
0: Okay. So we were
1: playing just before the game um, and uh, it, it was interesting cuz the selection was made on uh, each country sending their best representative. Uh, we ended up having like uh, 18 midfielders and uh, maybe a couple of <laughs> forward <laughs> and a couple of backs. <laughs> 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 but it, it, it's, it was like really good. And, uh, I, and again, like those kind of events make you realize how big footy is, uh, mm. makes you dream and makes you bring back like more motivation in everything you do for your club, for your community. For, for the CNFA and all those kind of things, like it's, I I don't know like how lucky I was to play those kind of games because I really feel it's luck and I really feel it's like uh, it's over everything I would have expected. If I remember correctly, islands like the islands won by miles, uh, but that was not really the point of anything. The point was just to have an incredible game of footy, uh, and we we didn't know anyone before the game and after the game we could just call each other and we'll see each other at euro cup just have a drink and just like share memories and just like it, it really created like bonding through different countries yeah and uh I, I i don't know i think it's one of the the two events with uh, uh i fell against ias yeah uh, i will probably like remember the longest uh in terms of like meeting other communities and playing with people with like Different language, like, is because that's that's how far it goes. Like, you don't have the same language on the pitch, and you're playing in English, but like, you, your native language, or when you play at home, it's like a different language, it's a different uh, set mindset, it's different, mm-hmm. like, everything. And uh, it, it's been like some quite interesting game of footies. If I jump to the one with the i ais, uh, yeah. uh that game. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but like it's been probably the most eye-opening game of my life. My best year of footy was probably, like, the time I played the best footy was probably when I was 18, but I was nowhere near those guys. And so when we, we play against them, like, we were probably a, a team 25, 26 years of average. Uh, we got killed on the pitch. Uh, to be honest, in the morning, we were, like, uh, drawing the field and, and planting the post uh but uh when they showed up to the ground and they were running we we're like okay so they're not that much bigger than us they're not like th- that much like uh faster or anything but when they start playing it was just like they were jumping higher they were running faster they were hitting harder and they were like <laughs> uh, they were like all under 18 but they were all like super fit and super like tough yeah. that's when you realize like yep that's a different level yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, how did you how did you what were the feelings I suppose after that match? Um they were obviously all like 17, 18 year olds.
1: It's again one of those weekends where you just like you remember the footy, but you remember more, more mainly all the people you met around it. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't remember who I played against, but I remember everyone I played with. And I just know like this is an incredible chance that we had to play against those guys. And I mm-hmm. wish like AFL Europe or FA will do those games more. Yep. Uh, it will bring probably, it will probably make more sense now that the level in Europe has been growing, like I've been going up a bit because at the time it was like nowhere near the level I can, hopefully I can see now at yep. Uh but still like it's, it's been like probably one of the best game of footy, a game where I learned the most, even so we didn't grab the ball much, but uh, we did learn a lot during that game.
0: And I suppose just from the other side too, like, you know, with, the euro cup and the european championships or the champions league you get these chances to go up against other clubs or other national teams from across europe but at an event like that you're actually playing along, alongside like fellow europeans um and you know the massive mix of nationalities so like again to be able to do that would be a pretty serial experience and something that's very different i suppose um with australian football in europe as opposed to some other sports yeah
1: like, like i said before it's like we are all kind of a big family Especially when you when you look at the people, you see every single year at the Euro Cup, you play against them. But like in the end of the day, you don't really know them. Mm. But by playing with them, you actually learn out you learn a few things about them. You learn a bit about their personal life, where they come from, those kind of things. And it brings you it brings every country a bit closer to each other. Uh, I think it is also generated like more interaction, more willing, more uh, more wills to help each other and to see. What weakness was in each country that could be provided by another country? Uh, that that was quite interesting.
0: We we mentioned briefly that you've attended two international cups. Just on the on the topic of you know seeing like the AIS guys play at the time um, when you're in Melbourne, was there times where you were able to go and see the sport live?
1: I think the AFL did that very well because in both 2011, 2014, we had like a footy game organised as well for us to watch. So yeah. we went to the stadium probably like three to four times, organized by the AFL, and then we will also like try to go by ourselves. Like if there would be an extra game that was not planned, like we we'll try to go and watch it. Because uh, to be honest, we were there like for months or months and a half. Uh, so you want to get as much food as you want as you can for, for that time. Personally, I also went back like to visit my home club. I uh, also went back to play with them for a little bit, uh, awesome. uh, not, not any official games, but like at least train with them. Get the feeling again of like uh, what footy is in Australia, because uh, you're talking about 18 side, not nine side. You're talking about like a big footy club with every single age uh, group, so like from uh, uh, under 7 to like senior. So you got like a big community. Like where in Europe, we're mainly talking about like uh, senior women and senior men teams. Yeah. Uh, so like the community is quite small and. Uh, so it's, it's good as well. It, it helps to recharge the batteries and go back home and know what you're trying to build and try, try to achieve. And I think that's what the main thing is. If I remember correctly, I think it's in 2014, uh, we had a community run with, uh, that was organized by the AFL. Yep. So we would go to a local foodie club and play like, uh, instead of the big P- B team, like we we'll have like the international foodie games. So that was like quite interesting because you could see like the under 18 playing before. You could see the A A game after. So it brings you like a real, like for all my teammates who'd never lived in Australia or never went to Australia. I think it was an eye opening like to what footy is and what the real day of footy is in Australia with the cars around the ground, like just honking when there's a goal. Like all all those country things that you don't see. And uh, that actually brings the community together. Like that's, that was like very very nice and
0: a very nice experience to have so moving along your footy career and we touched briefly on this at the start of the call was that you'd been back and forth between Finland and France um living in Helsinki as well you've obviously kept connected with footy in Finland um you brought up the the FAFL there FAFL uh what's your experience like with footy in Finland um and how have you helped or how have you contributed to to the growth of the sport in Finland
1: First year, I was just like playing. I just wanted to play because I was coming back from an injury, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, the level in Finland allows me to play. (laughs) I wouldn't play in France, but I can play in Finland." And uh, I ended up like uh, being lucky enough to play with Finland at the Euro Cup in uh, Stockholm. Ah, yeah. And uh, I broke my knee (laughs) 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 again. (laughs) So after that, like the good, the good side of that was uh, it gave me time to think of other things I could do around the footy. Yep. So I started to our games I started to to think about like what we could do and uh, with uh, we have a very strong connection with the um, with the Gaelic team here and uh, winter time was always the time when everybody stopped playing footy and everybody stopped playing Gaelic but we always we always had like a, a time in the indoor hall where we could play fully and Gaelic yeah but we were not maximizing it I would say we we're not using it at the best yeah. Uh, so we ended up like thinking of what could we do in order to, to make it more interesting for people I brought back this idea from uh, from what people were doing in, uh, in Canada I think uh, organizing like small tournaments inside uh, an own club and I was like why don't we just like make international rules a game and why don't we just like have a tournament of it and see how many people we can gather uh, when the first year we ended up having more than 50 players who signed up. Uh, which was like beyond every expectations so we ended up having four teams uh, that we still have today Uh, we still have like the the main squad and every time there's someone else we just like assign them to the team Uh, so that's been like very interesting and uh, we had like two two winter seasons of that uh, of that winter cup and uh, probably uh, one follow-up tournament in the summer uh, last year so that was like I think it's something that's uh helped us like to grow as a club uh, for footy uh because we first year we didn't get anything out of uh this tournament uh but the second year like uh, after the second season we ended up having two teams in Helsinki for the national championship of Finland uh so that was like a big jump uh we also got girls involved in footy uh because like before that we did not have any girls in Helsinki yeah uh and funnily enough uh this year, Stelina Gratton, who is like from uh, Wales, uh, but who is Finnish, is trying to set up a Finnish team with a girl from Helsinki to go to play the Euro Cup in Amsterdam. Okay. So the girls are gonna represent Finland in the Euro Cup, where the men are not even sure they are going. So that's probably where the the breath is gonna come, like for for Finland Finnish fully. That's probably where we're gonna start growing again. Uh, if the girls get involved, maybe we can get like more people around the footy club. Again, thanks to the girls, we are gonna go like to to the second step of footy and, and start to get like the boys to follow the girls everywhere they go in Europe.
0: Yeah, that sounds really exciting for the girls and the women's game over here continues to grow at quite a quick pace. So I'll be sure to keep a close a close eye on how it's all going in Finland. Um, but before we finish up, I'm just gonna jump back to your early days or involvement with Finland, and there was a former AFL player you were fortunate enough to meet.
1: Yeah, the, the first time I came here was so it was 2010 and 11, and. Uh, at the time, like I, di- I was not involved with footy in national level in France, but I got straight away involved like with a uh, sponsorship program for Fafel to go to the IC11, uh, which they didn't. But we used a sponsorship program for France. Uh, but it also like allowed me to meet like some uh, incredible people here in Finland. One of them was Carl uh, Stanford, so an old Geelong and Collingwood AFL player. I was probably fed the him at the time. Uh, but him being like uh, who he is, uh, every ball was just like, you learn something after every ball at training, uh, just like the hips placements, you would run in one direction, you would just like do a small hip thing and you would just end up like running in completely different direction with him grabbing the ball without having to run anywhere. <laughs> uh, all those kind of things were like quite interesting. Uh, you you're also like uh, came with me to do some uh, school clinic programs. Uh, and I remember looking at him like kicking the balls, or like us having a competition of who puts first the footy ball in the hoops of the basketball court from the <laughs> other side, and uh, him nailing it like maybe like within like four kicks, just like nailing it straight away. Also at the time, I think uh, being next to someone like him uh, also made me realize how those people are so valuable to the sports. Uh, You could see the passion, you could see like uh, how he would explain to the kid with like very simple words and very simple like uh, gesture how to play footy and within half an hour you could see kids playing footy inside the school of Finland where nobody had ever heard of footy before. Uh, So those those kind of experiences were very, very interesting at the time and especially when I was so new to teaching footy myself to other people. Uh, I learned so much uh, back then. Can you remember what the kids thought of him at the, at the school clinics? Funny thing is, you would go anywhere else in the world and you would have somebody else speaking a different language than you. You would probably be the, have the kids like being like, what, what is he talking about? Uh, we don't understand. But in Finland, everybody spoke English. So they already understood him. And uh, they were very, very interested and very attracted to every single word that came out of his mouth. Uh, listening, trying to see and trying to look at it. Uh, they didn't know who he was or that he was an old professional player. Like nobody knew about that, but like everybody was just drinking whatever he said and just trying to reproduce the, the movements and trying to, to play fully the same way as he was explaining. <laughs> so it was like very, very interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And finally, Alban, before we finish up, what do you think the years ahead for Finland might look like working with those Gaelic clubs you mentioned earlier and with the girls on the app?
1: I think the partnership with the Alps is something that makes us stronger. Uh, for both clubs, like for the Gaelic and for the footy, yeah. with people can with uh, players who can play both sports, uh, we don't have that many games in any of those sports. So it really makes more sense to actually be able to play those games. I, I really think that this partnership can bring a new dimension for footy in Europe, in uh, in Helsinki area, and hopefully with that we can uh, also help the rest of Finland to. To grow again and to to be motivated about playing and meeting new people again and all those kind of things. I'm also very hopeful for the Finnish girls team, uh, women team. Uh, I really think that if they manage to go to the Euro Cups this year, uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for for Finland to get like uh, a new a new face for European footy. And the girls seems to be so motivated that they will actually be able to travel uh, a little bit everywhere in Europe and, uh, and, and maybe drag along some guys. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah that, that sounds good. And I suppose that players in clubs uh, around Europe are always you know, sharing tips with each other on um, or what methods might work to grow a club, what, might, what doesn't necessarily work or what might work really well. Would you inc- encourage clubs around Europe to perhaps you know, connect with their local Gaelic Clubs where possible, just because of the similarities of the sport, and you think it might attract numbers across across to Australian football.
1: I think I really think there's like an opportunity there, like in terms of local footy. uh, If you have a local Gaelic club, it's always easier, like to to grow the number very quickly and to create international rules tournaments uh, where you can have uh, a bit more footy than you have in international rules, Uh, because you can you can maybe bring like the ball or you can bring like attackers or you can bring something else that you don't have in the international rule series. Um, so we made up our own rules there uh, so I think that's very interesting and uh, also fits the Finnish culture for us but it probably maybe there will be something completely different depending on which culture you are and how you can adapt the rules to your culture uh, so that's definitely an opportunity but I also think that uh, I've seen it too many times in too many cities. People are scared of creating two teams uh, in their own city, saying, like we are going to struggle. We are going to not have enough players to travel. We don't have enough players to do this or that. But I really think that by splitting a team, you also like encourage people to recruit more. Uh, you also encourage them like to have more local games, where they can have family and friends who come and watch the game because uh, you're playing like maybe friendly game at first but then in it can become a tournament with three teams in your own city and you just take the best one for the national championship it doesn't really matter but uh, at least you get like a local uh, community that's kind of growing together and uh, you also take more chance of the club not dying when you leave uh, because you will have so many people motivated to take over
0: yeah yeah fantastic Well, Alban, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much for coming on to the AFL Europe podcast and sharing your story. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the growth of Finland footy um, in the coming years. You've uh, done such a great, great work in France. I'm sure it's going to replicate in Finland and I'm looking forward to seeing it all.
1: Well, thank you so much for you and for AFL Europe for the support you gave us like for the last eight years. I think without AFL Europe, like footy wouldn't be where it is now. And uh, I really think uh, from Ben McCormack to Ryan, for, for all the guys who, who took position of like, uh, trying to grow food in Europe, it's been like uh, an incredible journey for them, but it's also been like, very, very rewarding for us. Seeing the IFL willing to, to help us uh, grow the sport here is also like a big motivation factor. And, uh, and yeah.